Welcome to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast, fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle programs created for your goals and your reality. No magic pills, no judgments, and no time to waste. Let's get into it. Hello there. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Feel Strong Fitness Podcast. My name is Justin McClintock. Today we're talking about standards. Standards. What are they? Why bother? What are we talking about? Standards come in lots of different forms. We typically see this in exercise with regards to movement standards. What, what kind of movement counts? When does an exercise movement count? When does it not count? Typically, when we're talking about an exercise counting, quote unquote, we're talking about the range of motion. You know, if it's a pull up, do you go from an extended arm to chin over the bar? It does a pull up count if you put your chin over the bar and lower halfway down? Does a squat count if you go, quote unquote, below parallel? All of these things, movement standards, typically tied to ROM, sometimes tied to whether or not you're using momentum, what kind of equipment you're using, things like that. On top of that, expanding it a bit, I think standards apply to behavior standards. How do you carry yourself? What do you do? How do you move through the world? How do you treat other people in exercise or outside of exercise? Whether you're in a class or one-on-one, if you're in a big box gym, if you're exercising on your own in a parking lot, there are all these rules that you're following that you set for yourself or others have set for you. You follow people by example. You follow because you've been told to. These rules may or may not be spoken, but how you act, everything you do is part of your standard. And how you do a pull-up is part of that, and how you talk to other people is part of that, and how you interact with people on the internet is part of that. All of this is your standards. Everything is your standard. I think it was Logan Gelbrick, who's the founder of Deuce Gym out in California, really smart coach, really interesting dude. I think it's him that said, your standard is what you tolerate in your presence. If you allow it to happen in front of you, if you allow yourself to do it, then that is part of your standard. And I think that's pretty reasonable. If you are a coach, if you're someone who's running a fitness facility and you see someone do something which is not up to your standard, but you allow it to happen, then the fact is that that is now your standard. And this could be someone squatting in a way that you don't think quote unquote counts. It could be someone making a joke that you don't think is appropriate. It could be someone videotaping someone else without their permission while they're working out. All these things are unfortunately common in fitness, and all these things apply to your standard. Ditto if you're just someone who's not in charge of the facility, not in charge of the program, not in charge of the fitnessing, but you see this happening and you tolerate in your presence, that is also part of your standard. Now, we're not, we're not going to dive too deep down this rabbit hole. Let's back up and talk with movement standards for a moment. But this is going to expand, and I think you're going to see how this all ties together. If you have a standard for a movement, it's really important that that standard fits the person we're talking about. So if we're talking about you, and you are a great squatter, you've squatted for years, you started squatting in high school, and then you discovered CrossFit, and now you squat below parallel with every single rep. Below parallel typically means your hip crease drops below the top of your kneecap. If you can do that well with virtuosity, you can move 
uh, properly, as it were, mechanically efficiently. Your feet are flat on the ground. Your knees are tracking over your toes. Your core is engaged. Your back is relatively neutral. All of these good things. If you can do that well, that's a great standard for you. So as we start increasing load, we can try and hold that standard to make sure you are strong through your full effective range of motion. Maybe we don't go as low as you can possibly squat because when we do that, your hamstrings turn off and your glutes aren't working and your lumbar spine collapses, which is not, I'm not saying that's a terrible evil thing, but it's not something we typically want to do under load. So moving through your best effective range of motion, that's a good way to make sure we are staying strong through your effective range of motion and not just backing off and doing a lower range of motion or less movement or something like that in order to move more weight, uh, otherwise known as ego lifting. You know, shortening that range of motion, literally doing less work with more weight just so you can move more weight. Now, what if you are someone whose effective range of motion is not quite to parallel. What if you were someone who, because of a variety of reasons, let's say there's some flexibility issues. We have dors their ankle dorsiflexion is relatively uh, weak, relatively low. They only have about an inch of ankle dorsiflexion because they have a bony block. They uh, were a soccer player when they were in high school. They twisted their ankle like four or five times. It happened all the time. And bones have literally reshaped down there, so their ankle no longer has significant dorsiflexion. Their physiometry, the way their, their limb lengths are put together, also means that if they get at parallel or even a little bit below, their back is nearly horizontal to the ground. That's the way they look when they squat. That person has a different effective range of motion than you do. That person's standard will likely be squatting to just above parallel. And we'll do lots of work to figure out what that is and why it is. And maybe we'll give them targets to shoot for. Maybe they squat to a box or to a ball or something like that. Maybe we just teach them what it feels like. You know, as soon as your chest starts moving forward, that's the end of your squat. That is their standard. And that's a great standard for them. Broad standards about what counts and what is a full range of motion for a human being typically fall apart once you start looking at individual cases. Maybe it's a good rule for, if you're very lucky, maybe it's a good rule for 80% of people. That doesn't mean the other 20% are wrong or malformed or bad or not good exercisers or not strong or any of that stuff. It's a different standard. So if you're that coach and you say that your standard is squatting below parallel and the person I just described with the bony block in their ankle if you make them squat below parallel, you are doing a real disservice to them because you're holding on to what is now, I hope I have explained, an artificial standard that doesn't apply to everyone in, you know, across the board. It's a fine thing to shoot for in general, but it literally should not apply to this person because it doesn't make any sense. So I think to reword it, maybe your standard should be that our squat is gonna be from standing as upright as you can, dropping as low as you can through your fullest effective range of motion for a squat. Now there's a standard. This will also make someone who is has a huge effective range of motion get really low. We've definitely seen people, if you've coached for a while, you have seen it, 
people who have a tremendous range of motion, but they end up in a scenario where all they have to do is squat below parallel. They could travel another 12 to 15 inches and do it well and do it with strength and get lots of gains out of it, but they don't because the standard is just squat to here. So why should I do more work? If this is the assignment, I'm going to do the assignment as well as I can. I'm not going to push it. If your standard is the fullest effective range of motion, now you have a really dangerous weapon and a really effective weapon for most of the people who will come through the door. So make sure the standard you use fits the movement, the scenario, and recognize that your standards can change. If you had asked me seven years ago what a squat looked like, I probably would have said below parallel. Nope, this is everyone should be able to get there. This is how a human being works. You know, a functional human being should be able to do this X, Y, and Z. And I was wrong. I had the information I had at the time. I had significantly less education. I had significantly less experience. I have gained a lot of both of those. And my standard has changed for very good reasons. Also, your standard may change for yourself because you may change. Maybe that person who is squatting below parallel, maybe it wasn't a bony block. Let's take that out because we are, it's not impossible, but we are unlikely to change your bone structure without surgery. And we're not currently suggesting that. So let's say same person, same issue, but it's not a, a, a bone formation, but they still only have one inch of ankle dorsiflexion. They have their, uh, their tendons, just they do not have the flexibility. Tendons aren't really moving. Everything's tight. Everything's difficult. Again, their standard for squatting is their effective range of motion. They're going to squat to just above parallel to this target. On top of that, if we have things the way we want to, and we generally do because we prefer it that way, it's why we get to work with you lovely people and all the people we work with, we will be doing drills and exercises and movements to increase that ankle dorsiflexion. And we will be testing it. And if we do six weeks of ankle dorsiflexion work twice a week, we're doing some kettlebell ankle, weighted ankle dorsiflexion pieces and some calf raises and a wall stretch, let's say, we're doing those three twice a week. In six weeks, when we retest, we've gone from one inch of ankle dorsiflexion to two inches of ankle dorsiflexion. Huge gain, 100% improvement. Is it still enough to squat all the way down below parallel? No, it's not. But maybe we've gained three inches of our effective range of motion. Maybe we can drop that target box you're squatting to by three inches and get a little more. And that new three inches, that new range of motion is going to be weak because it's brand new. New range is weak range. So recognize this, if you are in the process of changing your range of motion, improving your range of motion, when you get it, it doesn't mean you can do what you used to do. You are now exploring adding load through a range of motion you either have never used or haven't used for quite some time. Be ready to take a step back and load it like it's never happened before because it's never happened before. For a short period of time, you will have to rebuild strength around that movement from the very beginning you won't, it's not like starting from the beginning, but for several weeks at least, you'll have to build up through this range of motion, acclimate it to doing the work that your old range of motion is used to. It's a super exciting time. It's a super exciting thing that happens. Point being, our range of motion changes, so your standard has changed. 
Standards should not be fixed. As you get more information, as you get more education, as you deal with more people, as you find more things out about yourself, as things change with your body, your life, your stresses, your relationships, your how you sleep, what you do for work, all these things can change how you move. It may change the standard you need to hold yourself to for these exercises. Standards can also change with your behavior, with how you carry yourself, with how you move through the world and interact with people. I hope that I am not the same coach I was seven years ago. I also hope seven years from now, I'm not the same coach I am now. That would be terrifically disappointing because it would mean I hadn't grown, I hadn't evolved, I hadn't learned, I hadn't incorporated new information, new experiences, things I didn't know before, into the way I move through the world, certainly with regards to fitness, but also with regards to people. If you are not always incorporating this stuff and always trying to upgrade what you're doing and take it to the next thing, you are stuck in time and you are doing everyone, especially yourself, a real disservice. Watch out for hard and fast rules. Hard and fast rules are dangerous. That is the stuff zealotry is made of. That is the stuff that hard and fast rules. There's not a lot of things you should never do. There's not a lot of things you should always do. Be really careful with hard and fast rules, especially around movement, but including almost everything. That is how lots of dangerous stuff has happened through the world. It's no good. On movement standards, we're not going to talk very long about this, but just for a moment, this sometimes comes up movement standards often comes up in a CrossFit context for what counts as an exercise. And I don't love telling people that exercise doesn't count because of an external standard that may not apply to them. If you know the rules for a pull-up are straight arms at the bottom, chin over the bar at the top, but we don't really have that elbow flexibility yet, so you can, you can drop pretty low, but your arms have a little bent to them. I usually say, well, that's your effective range of motion. That's your pull-up. That counts for today. If we're talking in terms of sport, sports are sports. They have those rules for a reason because that's how competition is. So in a sport competition sense, typically that wouldn't count. Some sports uh, have already evolved to understand this. Olympic weightlifting if you have arms that don't completely lock out for any number of reasons, or your arm lockout looks like it isn't locked out because you have uh, very well-formed uh, upper arms, for example. Sometimes people with big upper arms, when they lock their elbows out, it just looks like they have a bend in their elbows. You go to the judges beforehand, you show them what it looks like, and you say, hey, so you know, this is what it looks like when my arms are locked out. They say, okay, they make a note. When they see you lifting on the platform, Yes, that's a full lockout because that is your standard. You've shown them, even though they're usually expecting to see something a little bit different, you are meeting their standard in this way, and now they understand that. But lots of sports don't. Lots of sports have, you know, you're over the line, you're not over the line. That's just what it is. This is, you know, in, at the CrossFit Games, you have to squat below parallel. It doesn't matter. That's just who you are, which is part of the reason that you see lots of people who are sort of all built the same way succeeding at the CrossFit Games because one of the things their bodies are built to do very well is squat below parallel at volume with weight, etc., etc. If you're in a group fitness context, a class, you go to a gym, you take a class, and you give a score. 
Don't lie about what you did. If the standard for what quote unquote counts for that class, for that modality, for that fitness situation is X and you can't or won't or didn't do X, don't lie about it because that leads to some real weird emotional stuff. I don't care about your fitness scores. I care about how you are doing in fitness and certainly with athletes I've been working with a long time, we have a bunch of benchmarks that we test and retest on a fairly regular basis. And I care that you're making progress and I care how fast you're making progress. And if it's not fast enough, we might change something or if we're not seeing the results we want, we might change something. But I am not emotionally tied to whether you squatted 300 pounds or whether you squatted 200 pounds or whether you squatted 50 pounds. I am tied to, oh, is that 10% more than we did 10 weeks ago? That's really exciting. Those are the things that get me really excited. It's not the actual score. If you are lying about what you do in fitness or what you do in a group class, examine that for a second and recognize why these standards may exist. Maybe you don't agree with them. Maybe you can ask for other standards to meet, for example, your effective range of motion. But lying about what you're doing or doing less or that kind of stuff is a, a real icky, sticky situation and leads to nowhere good. And remember, we've said it before, nobody cares about your score, but people will care if you're cheating and people will notice. I add this on, not because I care about your fitness score. As I said, I don't. I really do care about you as a person. And if you don't hold yourself to the effective standard, if you don't hold yourself to the very simple standard of don't cheat, don't lie, I worry that that will leak into other parts of your life. I'm not saying that lying about you know how fast you did a workout makes you a bad person, but it does make you a liar and it's worrisome to lie about stuff like that. So this is an opportunity for you to test your own integrity, to show some character, to lead from the front and just follow your own standard. You set your standard and remember, what you tolerate in your presence is your standard. So don't tolerate it from yourself. Don't tolerate artificial standards other people put on you, but certainly don't tolerate that kind of behavior. We don't need to put up with it. There's a lot of good people on here and I really appreciate you. We can make this fitness world of ours better, but we have to lead from the front. Everything is your standard. How you do something is how you do everything. Movement, behavior, how you move through the world. So standards are great if you understand them. Once you understand them, you should follow them and be ready for them to change. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you so much for the reviews and the stars. If you haven't done it, please go to whatever you're listening to this on. Write a review. Tell people what you think about this. Leave five stars if you have them. Please share, refer, take screenshots of you listening to the podcast. Take Put up Instagram reels of you just like being fascinated, listening to a podcast and getting all the education. I really appreciate it. It makes a huge difference. My name is Justin McClintock. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Please visit us at feelstrong.me 
Find us on Instagram at feelstrongfit. You can DM us to get started, pick our brain, rate and review us on iTunes, please. Five stars there makes a really big difference. And folks, remember, we don't work with everyone, but we'll talk to anyone. If you're ready to get started today, so are we. Thank you again, and feel